You ever take, you ever take things for granted? You ever take people for granted? Man, it's not good, but it's human nature, you know, because I think we all do it. You, know, you, you take, man, you know, you, you live in the most prosperous, <laughs> you live in the most prosperous nation, not on planet Earth today, in all of human history. Hmm? That's where you live. I mean, just think about that. Just think of, like, Cleopatra had, like, air conditioning. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, you don't have dual climate controls in that thing? You, you, we're unbelievably blessed. And so um, I'm going to talk, and we'll get into the message, uh, I'm going to talk about how the people of Nazareth took Jesus for granted. Like, oh, that's Mary's kid. What could be so great about him? I've seen his brothers. So don't take, don't take this for granted. You know what I mean? So you've been really blessed. And um, also, I don't want to take... Uh, can I just do... What, what do they call this? Like a homer? When you, when you, well, you know, it's like a coach that plays their own kid all the time. I guess it's like a, a homer. Can you give me one homer as a pastor? It's my wife's birthday today, and she's home. She's home, so um, can we all, she's a little under the weather today, so can we all give her a bunch of love right now, because I think she's watching. We love you, babe. We love you. All right. All right, Ephesians. So this is the spirit of Christmas, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get us to Reclaim the sense of wonder. The, the theme for Christmas Eve is the wonder of Christmas. Remember that? Remember being a child? For me, I used to lay under the Christmas tree and just look at the lights. And I want to I bring the sense of awe and wonder back. And so today, for the message, I want to talk to you um, about how to think without limits. This is hard to do. Um, like children can do it. That's why last week we talked about the faith, have the faith of a child. Jesus says, come here. You got to become like this little child. Like, like Charlie doesn't have any limits. You know, like today we're trying to get her ready for church and I'm like, there is a time limit. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> okay, dad. And then over here, I got a little thing and a fidget and a Lego and a hair tie. Ephesians 3.20, here we go. Now to him who is able to do, let's say this together, ready? Immeasurably more than all we ask or what? Imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. The one who's able to do immeasurably more. If you, ever, if you read this verse, and I, like, I like to read them in a lot of different translations because it gets your mind stirring, but you're trying to, this guy's trying to write in a way that's like, what, is, what does that mean, immeasurably more? You could just say, it's, it's just beyond our imagination. There's two ways to think, basically. You, you think in terms of lack or limit, or you think in terms of unlimited. It's basically, your mind kind of goes that way. Human nature leans towards lack. There's not enough. 
is not enough. You can think unlimited. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can imagine, it's just hard to get there sometimes. Human nature is we think there's not enough. There's not enough money. There's not enough time. There's not enough. And when we think of lack, it leads to kind of all the bad human behaviors. This is really something to think about because when you're in a bad mood, it's usually because you're thinking of lack. Anybody ever get in a bad mood? What the heck? Who's in a bad mood right now? It's just like, you caught me. Here I am. All right. So you, usually you could trace it back. And this is, this is worth doing. This is worth saying, why am I thinking like this? Why am I feeling like this? Why am I acting like this? And then you can, you can take it to a large scale. You can take it to the international scale. The war, that you, Christmas is not being celebrated in Bethlehem this year. I don't know if you knew that. Because of war. But if you trace it back, what causes fights? It's traceable to the, the thinking of lack. There's not enough. I need yours. And so we fight. Do anybody have more than one child in the house? Oh, you, guys, you guys talk about Christmas peace all the time? When, when you have two kids, what do they do? They just fight. Like they get up, ding, ding, let's go. And my mom, my mom has some form of, like, I don't know, parental amnesia or something, a grandmotherly gift as she gets older. She goes, you know, you, know, you and Dave never fought. <laughs> she said that to me. I, I, I think <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a grandmotherly gift of amnesia. I think she's happy that we like each other now. And so somehow, I mean, every day I just woke up from my daily beatdown. We're 11 months apart. Two boys, 11 months apart. Do you know what that stands for? War. Every day was war. I got up and got to war. I put my paint on. I go, Let's go. And what happens is it, fighting is traceable back to lack. What do we fight over? Candy. I mean, when your brother's 11 months older than you, I'm digressing a little bit, but just for grins. Do, do you remember Halloween? Like, there was like an unwritten rule in our house. It feels like my brother wrote all the rules that were unwritten, but you had, to, you had to come home and you had to expose all of your candy to him. Does anybody have this rule in your house? Like, we have to now show what we got. And then through some sort of illegal trading scheme, Ponzi scheme, he ended up with all the good candy. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And like, why do we have to, because we had to fight, because there's not enough of the chocolate, you gotta have this. So, what's going on in our world, or what's going on in your own heart, it's a, the thinking of lack, Lack. Ephesians, this verse is easy to read and it's even easy to recite. Just for grins, how many already knew that verse? I already knew that one. Put it up. I'm just curious. Who's never heard of that verse before? 
Okay, that leaves a third category. Who's not participating? <laughs> so, okay. So, so, okay, you knew it or you didn't. But you, if you do know that verse, you'll probably want to memorize it. But then it's hard to digest. It's hard to comprehend immeasurably more than we can think. It's kind of, in one way, you would say this, who cares about what you can't think about? If I can't think about it, why even bring it up? Because I want to bring it up because because you can be more than you are today. That's why. Because you can be more than you are today. I hope that's kind of one of the reasons that you're here. You can be more than you are today. Who did your homework last week? Oh, I love you. Who doesn't know what it is? All right. I'm not telling you. Go watch it last week. Go watch. So, so, so the Christmas movie this week is The Grinch, right? The cartoon one. The cartoon one. Don't argue. The cartoon one. And when The Grinch is getting ready to go steal Christmas... He has to figure out how, and so he gets Max up in the morning. Have you seen it? The giant, giant chalkboard. Have you seen it? And he flip, and he gets Max. He says, "Max, prepare to have your little doggy mind blown." Poof. This is kind of if you if this is big, if you're gonna grow spiritually. You have to have your mind blown. You do. You, you do. That's not just a cute story. That, that's the truth. If you're going to grow spiritually, you will have to have your mind blown again, and then again, and then again. Because you will stop. You'll go, oh, this is it. This is as big as God can get. This is... And then God's going to go, boom. The only way you're really going to grow is you're, you're going to have to have your mind blown. And I, I you, you, could talk, you could see how Jesus talked about this when he talked about wineskins. Like these guys couldn't receive anymore. Their wineskin got brittle. That was their, their mind and their heart. They couldn't receive anymore. And they expand and then they get, they get brittle. And he's like, you got to get a new one. Poof. It's got to, you got to get a bigger one. To receive, to be able to begin You know God's way bigger than you ever realized? You know the things that God is doing and is going to do beyond what you can imagine? But if you stay in lack thinking, limited thinking, it leads to the three C's that are just the absolute ick of society and of our own soul. Complaining, competing, and comparing. This is the big ick. Complaining first. Is, let's, let's talk about complaining for a minute. Let me complain about your complaining. But your you're so good at it. You're so good at it, you don't even realize that you're doing it. How many got some things that you can do without thinking? Like, 
You, you remember the first time you were driving a car and you dad or your mom was in their seat yelling at you the whole time. You're a nervous wreck. And I, I don't, anybody remember these things? And then now what do you do? You get in the car, you do seven things. You don't even think about it. You, put, you, you start it, you put your foot on the brake, you do the, all the, you hit, you, you, your mind was on autopilot. You didn't even think about it. Here's what happens for a lot of us with complaining. We're on autopilot. We're so good at it. Sadly, I, I won't, Excuse myself, if that makes you feel better. Somebody sent a message online, like our YouTube or something like that, and he's like, well, complaining is what makes us better. Okay, I, I get that, you know, if you have a business, you have a complaint box, and then you can improve your customer service. I get it. Well, <laughs> a reasonable amount of, you know, how many know what I'm talking about? Like, if you can complain and say, you know, I just, hey, I wanted to let you know that if there was a way to open this side door, boy, we could get, okay. But how many know that's not what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the ick that gets in your soul, the gunk. And nothing's good enough. Nothing's good enough. And you start complaining and complaining and complaining. And it started, I mean, if, if there was like a spiritual cancer, it would kind of have to be complaining. Guess who loses? You. I'm not saying, okay, I'm not saying you can't improve a situation by bringing up a subject that someone that needs to know it. I'm, okay. But I'm talking about it's just constant. All this, all this, all this, all Because you don't, you have this sense of lack. It's always lack. You don't think of the million things that went right today. Anybody drive here? Do you know how like 800,000 things had to go right for that to happen? Anybody ever have your car break down because one little $4 part was This part worked, this part worked, this part worked, this worked, this worked, this worked, this worked. Yeah, and then when one of the 800,000 things goes wrong, we just got to complain. It's almost like hardwired into us. And I think the first shift when you shift is like you, you get freed, freed from that. By the way, isn't it fun to be around a complainer during the holidays? <laughs> isn't that a lot of fun? You get there, you're finally there, you're ready, and here it comes. Uh, uh, anybody feel tired? Exhausting. This isn't good enough. That's not good enough. Then there's the competing. We need to compete. Because if there's not enough, we've got to compete for it. Um, another word that's used in the Bible is coveting. Right, like, hmm, I want his, I want his candy. So the, the tenth commandment, if you can rewind the clock back to when we were doing the commandments, 
But what's interesting about that being the 10th commandment is it's sort of like, A, that was the commandment about desire. It was the one, like, not about action, but about wishing and wanting. You say, well, wishing's free, wanting's free. But when you're always wanting something that someone else has, it leads to all these other things. Do you remember the scripture in the New Testament? A different way of saying it was, the love of money is the root of what? All kinds of evil. It's really important to kind of sort that out. Money is not the root of all kinds of evil. Everybody has money, even if you don't have much. The love of it, or it's, it's sort of like the competing and the, the coveting or the wanting what others have, all based on what? Lack. There's not enough. It leads to all other kinds of problems. And then comparing, I mean, when you're always comparing, and this person has this, and then you always feel bad about yourself. And I want to take you to a, a freedom route, the route to freedom. And uh, we're going to start in John's gospel where there's a story. Jesus vits, visits the, the woman who's at the well. And um, it's a story about lack and limit versus unlimited. And this is hard to do. By the way, when you read John's gospel, it's different from the other gospels. Can I just teach for a minute and then we'll... Wait, what do you want? More stories or you want to kind of teach it for, for a minute? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Some people are new, so let's go over the basics. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Ready? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. All right, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you can read them, and then, man, they just, they kind of, they, they have a very similar rhythm to them. And they're different, but they're, they're very similar. You get to John. They're all, they're all the, what they call the Gospels. They're all the story, the life of Christ. But when you get to John, it's completely different. And if people have always wanted to, like, it's somehow like the engineers got into the Bible, and they wanted to, like, line it all up. Well, this happened before then. It did this. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You get whiteboard out, and they're organizing it because they want to make it all, like, exact timeline and how it all fit. You get to John, you can't even do that. It's not even possible. So for years, people that really, really read the Bible like, deeply are always trying to figure out, what, what's up with John? What's up with this gospel? Why is it so different? And this is probably worth talking about, worth teaching about. You know, uh, by the way, one of the things I, I kind of feel is my calling, if I could say it that way, as I'm trying to get the believers to actually believe There's a lot to that if you think about it. And I'm trying to get the doubters to actually doubt. And, there, and there's something to that too. I mean, most doubters, they don't really doubt because it's way too dark. Is anybody with me? It's way too dark if you really doubt. Because if you really doubt, it's dark. It's just like chill doubt. I'm not sure I believe in that. And he said, well, let's go have some coffee. Let's talk about what you do believe in. And then it gets real vague and fuzzy all of a sudden. 
Why? Because you don't want to go there. You haven't gone there. But I'll save you guys for another Sunday. But if you get the doubters to really doubt, man, something's going to happen because you've got some unanswered questions. But the believers that don't believe, oh, my God, I can make a killing on this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I mean, like, do I, if I have to answer, is it A or B, do I believe or do I not? I answer A, I believe. But it has nothing to do with how I live on Monday. So you got to get the believers to really believe. I mean, that's, that's where you got to start. That's not you, but that's like other people. <laughs> so lack thinking leads to all these really bad things. You know, you know, a little Charlie, like, she always, she always finds things that are this big. I know, anywhere, like, we're walking along, and all of a sudden, stop, she's like this, she sees a little sparkly something, it's usually like a little thing like this that fell off of somebody's purse or their dress, it's this big, and she goes, Dad, I found a gem. <laughs> oh, stop the press. Oh, like this, and then when you have something this big, do you do you ever lose it? You know, all the time. So all the time, and like, I just hate it when she finds it because it's like it just—it's gonna be. When are you gonna lose it? When are we gonna have to melt down to find it? Right in the back seat, and all of a sudden it drops. Ah, I can't find. And the and the. The panic, the pandemonium, that this little thing, this irreplaceable piece of crap, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, no. But I mean, we're talking tear, tears. Do you think, so I'm the father, do you think the Heavenly Father ever goes, really? Do you think so? I mean, I don't think God needs counseling or anything, but he might need someone to talk to about us. <laughs> You're going to melt down over that? She's thinking, never find another one of those again. She's thinking, lack. You know, I'm thinking, I, I could go to the dollar store and buy you unlimited little junky trinkets to just pour them on your head. <laughs> Don't you think the Heavenly Father sometimes thinks that way? Like, I got, I, got, I got plenty. But your mind goes to lack. There's not enough. There's not enough. There's not enough. We got to compare. We got to compete. We got to complain. So Jesus is down to talk to this woman. This gospel, what I was trying to get to, I didn't get to. A lot of people would say it's metaphysical or mystical. And you should notice and notice that they're different. I mean, I know sometimes when we get here, we just 
rip this verse and rip this one. And, 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 and that's okay sometimes, just this verse. And the, but sometimes it's worth knowing this verse came out of this gospel, came out of this book. And here's what it was, because it might help you. How many know if a comedian says one thing and like a lawyer says it? Those are two different things. Please, God, yes, nod your head. Or... I mean, a comedian could say like anything and you have to take it in context or a grain of salt or this or that. But if a lawyer says like, ooh, they're very measured words. Unfortunately, sometimes what people do is they always treat the Bible like a lawyer or, or they always treat it like an, like an engineering report. And sometimes that's just not what's supposed to be. Sometimes it's poetic and prophetic and mystical. But anyway, that's worth knowing. And so this comes out of John's gospel. We'll have to do a thing on John's gospel one time. There's, it's loaded with metaphor. Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, will you, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. Um, by the way, this is a good thing to, to think about when, when we talk about lack and limit, because sometimes what people do is they just go off into la-la land. And I think, that's why a lot of, I think that's why a lot of people leave church or get distant from faith is because they see Christians that are like in la-la land. Well, God will provide, and it doesn't matter. And so my whole thing is about God providing an unlimited. And I'm always saying this. I'm always saying this. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? But Jesus and the disciples, like, they sat down, it says, because Jesus was tired. So you could say, well, if God's unlimited, then they don't need food, and he should be able to walk forever. But this is part of us, like, getting a hand. This is, I mean, this is stuff you got to think about a little bit. He gets tired and hungry. He's got to sit down and they got to eat. And then in a minute, he's going to tell you that he's not actually really hungry, which is sit down. The disciples went into town. He's at the well. A Samaritan woman came to him and said, you, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? You know, we don't, our people don't associate we're going to get to that. And Jesus says, this is what you got to hear. If you knew. Everybody say, if you knew. One, two, three. If you knew. If you knew. Prepare to have your little doggy mind blown. If you knew. The gift of God. If you knew the gift of God. What's the gift of God? If you knew anything about it, how many know if you really knew, it would change you? If you knew the gift of God, you would have asked me, and I would have given you living water. Jesus, later on, he says, everyone who drinks from this, they're going to be thirsty again. But, but I will give him a spring of water that's going to well up inside. He'll never thirst again. 
un what? Limited. Limit. You gotta come back, you gotta come back, you gotta come back. Unlimited. To have your mind blown, you have to hear a strange concept now and then. Doesn't make sense at first. You should watch, uh, I got I mean, a lot of things to watch, but you should watch the, I don't know, is it Netflix? It's some, um, on Yogi Berra, who caught for the Yankees. You should watch that. Because he had all those sayings, remember those sayings? They called them yogiisms. And, and, and when he first said them, he was like, that doesn't make any sense. And then, like, a day later, he went, whoa, that made a lot of sense. This is, a lot of the things that Jesus says Especially in here, at first, you're like, I don't, I don't get that. But you got to sit on them for a while. Got a little marinade. When you're young, you're not ready for certain things. You can't hear them. You can't understand them. But then, as you mature, you can handle them. God concepts always sound strange at first. God concepts, they always sound strange. So he's saying, you know, I've, I've got unlimited like, supply of what you're, what, kind of what you're after. <laughs> but these examples are constant in the Scripture. You remember the disciples and they're with Jesus and he's like, Hey, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees. You remember this one? They're on the boat, and, and the disciples, they, go like, they start panicking. Like, oh, yeast, what's yeast? They, this is what he says. They have like a conference in the back of the boat. I mean, what did Jesus do when they would do this stuff? Guys, Peter. What's he talking about? Peter's always like trying to be the leader. Like, man, I don't, yeast, I don't. Did you guys, did you guys forget the bread from the, the big meal? Like, ow! Oh, I thought you were bringing the bread. This is, go tell him. No, you tell him. Oh, and Jesus comes over and the guys, like, really? I just, I just fed like five thousand people with a, one lunch. We're worried about. That's human nature, isn't it? Lack. There's not going to be enough bread. There's not going to be enough money. There's not going to be enough. Look at me. There's enough. God made this universe so ridiculously abundant. There's enough. It's going to be enough. It's enough. Remember, Jesus always kept trying to say, just look at the birds. Just go look at, if you're worried, go look at the birds. Because they aren't worried. Just flying around, beautiful, eating wherever they want to eat. Huh? Look at the deer, just eat all my flowers. <laughs> Ain't worried. Enough, they'll grow back. We, over and over in the scripture, there's these examples of limited thinking. It's limited. Oh my goodness, speaking of limited, 
I'm out of time. All right, let me just, I'll give you one more. A big red flashing sign in front of me. Um, man, I didn't even hardly get started. <laughs> let, let, me, let me tell you one more thing that's constantly l- limited. Forgiveness. You remember Matthew 18? They come to Jesus and go like, okay, all right. How many times should I forgive somebody? Is it, it, and okay, so let me ask you guys this. First of all, anybody tired of forgiving people? Put it up. Put it up, bro. I'm, I'm tired of forgiving that person. How many times? So they, they, <laughs> you know, Peter, I'm going to get real generous. Ready? Come up with something crazy. Seven times. Now, what's the, what's the rule in America? Because they're a baseball. Well, we used to be a baseball country. Huh? How many? Four, you're out, bro. Three. So we just, we, like somewhere, that, we believe that came from the Bible. That's right. So. <laughs> yeah. Remember the, well, remember the mess in 2008? And then you remember in 12? Yeah, you got one left. That's what you told your cousin before he came over. You strikes and you're out. And this is hard. This is hard. Let's be honest. This is hard. Let's not make this easy. Because we're, we think lack. Now let me think about it differently. Who here is glad that God doesn't play baseball? <laughs> For your own sake. Who's needed more than three strikes? How many, how many would just laugh at seven? <laughs> Here's the thing for, for you. Thank God is unlimited. I've said this many times. I will just repeat it. That doesn't mean you go trying to rack up the tally. But you, thank God. And the other thing is we think, well, God can't, he can't forgive and he can't fix, like, he can't fix this one. Who here has ever made a mess of something in your life? I don't think God can fix this. God can fix that. So this morning we're making a birthday card for mom. And so I'm like cutting the heart and Charlie's writing her name and and then she's writing, and she messed up. She, you know, she's a little bit of a perfectionist, and she did her C, and it wasn't perfect. And so she, not, the new thing is she does an X in it, <laughs> and then she just finished it. But then she wanted to draw another line, so then, and I said, well, just make a star out of it. So she drew a bunch of lines through it. It looks like a, a star. And then she messed up another thing, and then, Quote, she said, she started going like this. She goes, Dad, this is a beautiful disaster. <laughs> I'd write that down. <laughs> huh? 
How many know sometimes God's just up there with a crayon making something good out of your life? Beautiful disaster. (laughs) I mean, those of you that are perfect, I got nothing for you. I don't know how to. But the rest of us, how many know? Thank God for heavenly crayons.